Hey, we are here with John Rush. John, tell me a little bit about who you are, like a 30 to one minute rundown, and we're going to jump in. Yeah, yeah. My name is John. Uh, My wife, Amanda, and I, with our two daughters, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're on staff at Elevation Church here. uh, We've been here for three years. Prior to that, we were uh, part of a ministry uh in rockford illinois for 10 years that's where my wife and i met and so um uh been in uh ministry my pretty much my entire adult life um i've served primarily in youth but um uh, and my wife has been on staff with us as well that's incredible were you born in illinois or was that where you moved to for ministry stuff yeah so my family originally is from minnesota so that's why i'm a Mm -hmm. vikings fan yeah, at the time of this recording in February, I'm very sad. Um, <laughs> but then when I was uh, 11, we moved to uh, Orlando, my mom and I, after my parents split up. Mm-hmm. And then in Orlando is where I, I, I actually uh, started going to a church um, in high school. Junior year, got saved, met my youth pastors, um, and then kind of got called into ministry. And uh, then moved to Illinois to pursue uh, ministry training at the, at the uh, ministry school up there. In Rockford, Illinois. Oh, nice. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I I have a pretty similar story from I think high school. So I got saved in high school as well. Didn't grow up in the church. Um, had a youth leader grab a hold of me, and that's kind of the journey um, from here. So, dude, I love that. I love when it's not again the cookie cutter story, which I also love as well. But when somebody finds Jesus in high school, I believe it's the best thing ever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we, so for anyone listening to this or even you, John, so this is conversations. This is if you and I were sitting over coffee in Charlotte or in Omaha or wherever we were, we're just having a conversation. So, um, it's empty, nice. but there it we is. got it. Like I said, I haven't moved from my desk this morning, but, uh, <laughs> so John, you're in youth. Um, give me the rundown. Like what, what all do you do? What are your responsibilities on a day to day? We've had entrepreneurs on here. We've had financial advisors. We've had pastors. We've had about everybody, but just love to deep dive into you a little bit. Yeah, um, I love it. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, this is so this is going into my, I think this is going into my 14th year uh, of ministry wow. and have been a youth pastor the whole time. Um, I mean, I think the interesting thing to me about uh, one thing that comes to mind when it comes to youth is that you know, a good youth pastor isn't a youth pastor. Um, a good mm-hmm. pastor pastors people. A good youth pastor is pastoring uh, parents, principals, uh, potential leaders. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, a good youth pastor that's scaling their ministry is actually probably spending um, as much time, if not more time, with adults, sh- helping shape and lead the adults that are shaping and leading the teenagers. Um and and so yeah, that's been a that's been a fun uh, learning journey over the years. Is transitioning from being the twenty one year old who's always you know staying up late playing Xbox with the kids to um, kind of growing old, so to speak, with it and trying to maintain that youthful spirit of like being on the ground with students, being in mm-hmm. the midst of what um, they're up to. And now I've gotten to see kids that that were in sixth grade. Now that I've married them and I've seen people go through life and. You just really realize, man, while middle school and high school, for example, are unique times in people's lives, mm-hmm. they're still people and people are people. Right. And honestly, a lot of people, um, I'm just saying people a lot, because that's what it's all about, <laughs> Jesus and people. Um, a lot of people, um, 
they're not that much different than they were when they were 16, at least in their core mm-hmm. motivations, core fears. And um, sometimes I think we overcomplicate ministry. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, those are some of my thoughts. I say that all the time. It's not that complicated. It's, I mean, it is because it's people, right? But then the other side of it, it really isn't because it's all the, right. it's all the same. Yeah, something that frustrates me, um, as our friendship grows, you'll find out there's a couple things that frustrate me. One of them being when people um, use the excuse of, I'm just not called to youth. I'm just not called to love on youth. When the reality is we're called to people, right? Does that ever frustrate you when somebody maybe in the lobby is like, man, I'm just not called to uh, serve youth? Yeah, no, 100%. I, I, I think um, – I think – um, you know, that's a dangerous road to go down because they're like, are you, are you not so called to serve the elderly? Are you not called <laughs> right. to serve the impoverished? Only- are you not served to call the Hispanic people, black people, are you not serve, <laughs> right. called to serve women? It's just, I think we got to be careful to not try to shape God's purpose into our preferences. And that's something mm-hmm. that, you know, and it's, it's a very good thing that we're very in touch with our emotions and our mental health and our Enneagram types and all these things. It's a great advantage. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, something that my pastor talks about all the time is that um, it, it, if we're not careful, we will, we will turn learning about ourselves into worshiping our limitations. Um, my wow. pastor said recently that we, we, be, we become more loyal to our limitations than to our potential. And we sell out to our personality type um, as like, well, here's who I am, but really what we're doing is we're creating a limitation around us. And so I don't know. Um, I, I, I shudder to think what other things, um, in that person's life, they are, are, uh, are excusing themselves from if they say, well, I'm just not called to middle schoolers. <laughs> I'm only called to one demographic said no one ever. Right. I love that. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And what I love, even what you just said, the limitation side, I think, Again, Enneagram, Strength Finders, Disc, all that stuff I think is super healthy because it helps us kind of understand and unravel stuff. But I'm an Enneagram 8, but if I just use that as a, an excuse to not be a kind listener and not be so direct in times, holy smokes. Like you said, that's a massive limitation. You'll what are kill you, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, right. I'm a four. I'm a four-wing three. We actually are okay. just going through as our staff. We cross point is one of the Enneagram Institutes and they have a real in-depth study and one of our um, mm. HR staff has become Enneagram certified and she, you know, she's taken our whole staff through it, kind of some in large groups, some one-on-one. So yeah, four, four wing three. Nice. Final answer. Yeah. Let's go until next year. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, right. So I, d- I want to go into youth a little bit more. So what have you seen maybe in the last three years shift not just in youth ministry, but just youth culture in general. Um, I mean, really, the only thing that I've seen uh, shift is that the 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 disruption in our everyday life caused uh, pastors to realize what people were already experiencing. The mm-hmm. you know, I mean, a lot of the common thought of the day that's um, you know, rhetoric and beliefs that are not biblical. Um, a lot of the disruption when it comes to, you know, who attends what things in person, how often the disruption of digital ministry. And I mean, all, all that was already happening, um, for years. Um, oftentimes as pastors, and I, I'm guilty of this myself is we get so caught up in our loops of activities and services and events and 
everything that we, we just honestly can isolate ourselves from the world we're trying to reach. And um, I know that's not, it's not really anyone's hearts. And so I think one of the best things that God used um, uh, during the pandemic was just bringing people together. And I think it really brought pastors face to face with just people's needs. And so, um, yeah, man, I, I think obviously, you know, but, but, but like circling back, like certainly, you know, teenagers today are not growing up in a world with a biblical worldview. Um, if anything, they're, they're mostly getting, um, caught up into, um, caught up into things that are, um, uh, the opposite. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, digital ministry, um, digital, um, opportunities, uh, to reach people, connect with people, discipleship, like all, all that, um, has definitely come to the surface. I think, you know, I think we've seen like hustle culture, kill enough pastors that I think we're maybe getting smart, you know, Robert mm -hmm. Morris. Oh my gosh. I bookmarked it. Uh, everyone should go watch it. I don't know the name of that whole message yet. I should, I should go back and watch the whole message, but but Robert Morris, who's now, I mean, goodness, he must be getting into his 70s now, get, mm -hmm. lead pastor Gateway, just massive man of God. Um, from all I can tell, I don't know him personally, but it, some, he's, he was saying a lot of, a lot of young pastors have been uh, asked me, if you could go back, how would you do it different? Um, and he said, I, I wouldn't have tried as hard. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And I saw that said, too. I was like, yeah. holy smokes, man. But, but he said it from a place of, he said, now, now, trying hard versus working hard is different. And I, and I think it's not an excuse to work hard. I just think he's saying, he's like, God told me this would be an international influential ministry. And, um, I should have banked more that he would make that come to pass than me certain months, years killing myself to do it. And I'm like, wow. So that's cool. So yeah, I mean, a, a lot there. I don't know that I think we're all kind of, here's my, here's my thing, Josh. I mean, I think, I think we're all mostly aware of what the problems are in our world. I think we're just pretty divided on the solutions. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that unfortunately a lot of experts have risen up in the church and business world that have positioned themselves as experts because they point out trends and problems. But, right. um, honestly, uh, and then sell like a PDF course on like five ways to do blah. And I'm just like, I just think we need a lot more discernment. I think we need to be really careful who we allow to be an influencer and an expert in our life. And I'm really wary, no offense to anyone. You might even like. Josh, you're a good guy, so you know I'm sure you're. If you do this, it's fine. I'm just like I'm just wary of like scrolling through Facebook and it's like five courses to grow your church on Facebook, <laughs> right. and I'm just like ah, I just I'm I'm sure there's a lot wrapped up in there, but I'm just like I think we've got to really, really, really um, hold ourselves to a higher standard of what expertise means. It's not mm -hmm. just pointing out the problems; it's actually seeing working models to generate solutions. Yes. I don't do that, by the way. <laughs> um, wouldn't that have been awkward? Just kidding. Yeah, I, I think it's all about solutions, but I also – something that I've had to process because um, information anxiety is so real. Like we can literally – you can, yeah. like you said, scroll on Facebook, and I see three different pastors give three different solutions, and I disagree with all of them. Uh, but to <laughs> not – it's like what everyone's so different. But again, I think there's stuff to learn, and we all get that. But – um, to, to actually measure things by fruit. Like I'm yeah. sitting down with dinner with a guy who quite frankly, hasn't done anything. Like he's just a, like, yeah. which is fine. We can hang out. And then my wife and I are sitting at dinner with a couple who's in their sixties. All their kids love God or in, in the church have amazing grandkids. I'm like, I want to learn from you. Like, well, what did you yeah. do? Right. You know, it's like, right. 
why don't we all just like stop being experts for like 10 years and then we'll that's a good word we'll come out with a course uh in our 50s i don't know but who am i kidding so kind of pivoting i talk to me about youth nation gaming so i've seen it i think um maybe give the listeners a rundown of what it is and because to be honest a large majority of the audience is youth pastors young adult pastors, just people in their 20s and 30s. So I think it'd be really cool to talk through it. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to (laughs) to know you. Yeah, I mean, uh, video games have been a big part of my life, my whole life. Um, My my sisters back in the 90s, like, you know, we used to fight over the phone versus the internet, and I'd be trying to game and I, I I was on some of the early voice chat multiplayer games on PC stuff like uh, TeamSpeak and Ventrilo. This is like like mid '90s, late '90s, and my sisters used to think that I was talking to myself or that I had mental problems <laughs> because they're like, "Who's he talking to in this screen?" It was just so so uncommon. But I've just just been something that I've been engrossed in my whole life as a way of of uh, expert storytelling in my in my opinion, um, and 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 honestly. A huge source of community and so over the years that's expressed itself in different ways in high school I was uh, I was competing to be a professional Call of Duty and Halo player um, I had some great moments but ultimately especially back then there was such little money in it and uh, and I felt mm-hmm. God's called a ministry and so um, it was always kind of in the back burner um, it was always kind of in the back burner of um, like my um, my ministry repertoire, if you will, you know, but it, Mm -hmm. it wasn't until we had just moved here to Charlotte, gotten to be a part of the ministry here at elevation. And then like three months later, um, the, the, the pandemic shut the world down. And, Mm -hmm. um, and and so then as a team, um, our, our central uh, youth ministries, pastor, uh, Tim, um, a lot of people probably know Tim on, on here. Shout out Tim. Um, you know, he, he gathered our team and, 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 and kind of uh, um, our whole church was in this posture of just like, how do we stay connected with people? How do we stay, mm-hmm. keep doing the things our church has always done? And, and, and our pastor led us so well in, in that. And, and um, I just remember uh, even one talk that Pastor Stephen did. He called it Tim, um, not just for Tim, uh, but it was an acronym he taught our staff of this is ministry of just like t- helping our staff. And when we couldn't meet with people in the way that we were used to, you know. So one of the ideas that we had out of that, Josh, was just, Hey, um, that, that I brought to the table was like, Hey, why aren't we on Twitch? Why aren't we on discord? Um, mm-hmm. let's, let's reach some kids through gaming. And so like one of the first things that we did is, you know, if you remember the NBA was shut down, that fell shut down. Everyone was sad. And so one of the ways we launched it, um, video games as a ministry platform is we made this video as so sports are back and we did an NBA 2k tournament. Um, and yeah. so it's like, Hey, you can watch sports again, or you can play in this tournament. So yeah, man, it's our, it's our, it's our gaming ministry where we essentially mm-hmm. use video game events and community um, to execute the, the goals and uh, vision of, of our youth ministry in our church. Well, I, I just love it so much. Two reasons. One, I can tell how passionate you are about it. I, literally your whole voice in, went higher because it's just uh, so ingrained in you, which is so fun. And we, we got to be in places where other people are. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. kind of in the beginning of the podcast, Christians, I think we make our own subcultures and then we never influence other, like the actual culture. We're just kind of in our little 
pockets and everybody thinks we're weirdos and it's like hey dude i play yeah. Fortnite, i play call whatever it is it's like no yeah. bro i just sh- i shoot hoops whatever it is so uh yeah. t- talk to me about the so more macro you had an idea and now i mean i've seen it and you guys are having a like two thousand dollar Fortnite tournament and so how did you how did we go from an idea all the way to the end goal now you're now it's growing and there's momentum behind it and all that yeah i mean I mean, it, it's it's a lot like anything. You just got to be willing to start where you are. You know, like we didn't start mm-hmm. on a fancy rig. Something that um, people, I feel like we'd be, be, if they're familiar with our ministry at Elevation, like um, people know that um, we, we have been blessed with a lot of resources and like things like technology are things that we invest a lot into. Um, and so I, I think that there's this like stigma though of just like, oh, well, a, a church like that just throws money at things. Um, but, but honestly, like we, we have a really, um, our like executive pastor CFO, his name is Chunks. He, he runs our, runs our staff and, and, and leads our church in, in the day to day. So, well, um, he, um, he really leads us to be very frugal and, and, and honestly, very just like, um, like, uh, solutions based. And, and so like the way I always explain mm-hmm. it to people is like, he always makes us prove the concept, you know, there's a huge prove the concept culture of elevation. And so it's like, we'll invest as much as we need to invest. But but we're going to start small. One of our core mm-hmm. values is um, uh, that we believe big um, and, and start small um, and that we think inside the box. Um, and so, you know, we just streamed on like and, and, and we go we, we try to move quick. I think that sometimes people try to plan too much. And you you got to get in the field and you're sitting right. in isolation trying to plan how that post is going to go. Kind of plan how that initiative or this you, know, you got to get in the field, got to get messy, got to be willing to lose a few games so that you can really learn mm-hmm. what it's like to be in the game. And, and sometimes people plan their way um, in, into being stuck. And so, man, like, I think when we decided we were going to do it, later that day, I figured out how to do it. I got a capture card. I had at the house at the time, I had, like, a 2015, my 2015 MacBook Pro and, a, and an Xbox. And we went live, and we, we did what we did the thing and we, on, in a webcam. And essentially, like, we, we – um, so yeah, you got to start small. I'd say you got to be clear mm-hmm. on your wins. For us, from the very beginning, our win was the like, our win was kids getting connected um, yeah. in our youth ministry, like kids getting connected to Jesus. But duh, like everyone wants that. But we had a clear, like measurable win. That's the key. Is like mm-hmm. no church has bad intentions. Christian leaders have good intentions, but we miss the mark because we don't know how to measure it. And so for us, mm-hmm. the way we've selected to measure a win in our youth ministry is: are they in a small group, an e group? If they have a few good friends, if they're in Salesforce, that's our church management software, you see their name, it goes from prospect, that means they signed up, boom, we celebrate that. But then when it shifts to member, meaning they've attended for the first time, their leader checks them in, oh my gosh, hot dog, we're off to the races. Like, that's a win. And so everything we do then and now of our gaming ministry was measured really by that statistic as well as, like, are we recruiting leaders from it? So that's really, like... And honestly, I know I'm giving the non-creative answer, but it's like the creative part's fun. Like once you build right. the structure, the ideas will flow. The ideas are, honestly, the ideas are the easy part. A lot of us struggle to build structure that can support the, the good ideas. But all the fun stuff, the tournament, I would even say the resource is, is, is an even easier part. Because when somebody with resource sees a good structure and a good business plan, they'll give you mm-hmm. the money. They'll do it. But a right. lot of times we want the money before we start. We want to focus on the creative ideas. We want to brainstorm ourselves until we're brain dead. So good. 
Just stop right there. Just kidding. Uh, so we have ten minutes left. I want I want to talk. So we've been talking right. a lot about d- digital ministry, gaming. Um, yeah. And again, we're here. This is 2023. It ain't 2015 yeah. when youth pastors are fighting about should we be on social media. Like we're way past that. Yeah. So t- talk to me though. There still still are people with the objection about digital ministries. Uh, so, John, the floor is yours. Talk to the person who says social media is bad and or social media is fine. Our youth ministry just isn't going to do it. Well, I mean, I think if they're super against it, they're probably not hearing my voice right now. So mostly <laughs> right. you Yeah, right. Mostly you're you as the youth pastor and young adult pastor, you're probably dealing with maybe an executive pastor that feels that way or parents, etc. Yeah, true. Um I mean, like from a theological standpoint, um and what I see in the Bible, I'm just like we don't we don't abandon territory to the enemy. We don't mm-hmm. give up. We would never look at a city and say, Yeah, Detroit. Nah. Yeah, Rockford. No, we don't go there. Yeah, this no no, we we just don't go there. And and social media is 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 not a platform, it's a place. It is where mm-hmm. people are. And 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 just like all of us would completely object to us circling an entire zip code, an entire state, an entire country and saying God can't live here. We cannot do that to the digital space. And and it frustrates me how many how many pastors kind of like what we were saying before like I'm not called to middle schoolers. How many people are like, well, I'm just not a social media person. I'm fasting it. I'm just like, man, what a luxury. What a luxury that you get to numb yourself and mute out from your life, the stress, the burdens, and the barriers that people are facing. Nothing reminds me of the daily struggle of humanity, of the, the, the daily suffering of people, like turning on social media and, and not just reading the headlines. It's reading people's posts. It's seeing what they're going through. Honestly, it's also being aware of what they're celebrating. Almost nothing will, will remind me more of the depravity of the world we're in than seeing what the world is celebrating and dancing over. It, it humbles me. It brings me to my knees. It brings me back to prayer. And I, I don't think that every Christian has to, um, has to um, engage it the same way. And, and I'm not trying to put my convictions on anyone else. But I really, really, really strongly, um, even people who are like my age who have young kids, and they're like, well, we're just not, man. You're abdicating, shaping the world your kids are going to live in. And so even if they don't feel, here's some practical advice. Even if you're dealing with somebody who doesn't want to uh, be in the space themselves, they need to support somebody who is. You know, I have a friend, his mm-hmm. name's Preacher Guy. He, he quit his full-time job after 12 years of being a church planner and, uh, uh, and, a, and a campus pastor. He went full-time as a digital missionary on Twitch, playing Call of Duty and Apex Legends, like literally like ministering to people like, on the front lines, you know, where what we do at Youth Nation Gaming, we more create community events and like small groups through video games. He's more mm-hmm. of like a front facing content creator, bringing people into his stream, dealing with people. Just last night, someone was like, hey, saw, found you on TikTok. Now I'm in your live stream. Just broke up with my girlfriend um, I'm, uh, uh, and I'm moving out. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm turning back to pills. What do I do? And, he, and he's speaking to that. So that got me fired up, Josh, as you can tell. So, so at the end of the day, <laughs> at the it. end of the day, though, a quick thing, and then maybe you can sneak a couple more questions in here because I could, I could go off on this one. But, but where I churches do wrong is, is we make commercials instead of communities, and, and we focus on content instead of connections. Um, 
This is the most advertised world we've ever lived in. Commercials turn them off. And while I know we mean well and we feel like mm -hmm. we want to inform people, people aren't going to pay attention to accounts. And the algorithm is not going to honor and uphold accounts that are just spitting out information. You have to be experts at creating um, uh, uh, community through social media. Um, and you have to fo focus less on how, oh, what's this content piece and say, how can I make connections? If you work backwards from, from my goal is community and making points of connection, all the ideas about how to get the, uh, your event info out there will come. All the ideas about how to get content out there uh, will come. You're literally sitting there being like, how do I help the sophomore I'm praying to reach? How do I get on his radar? How do, how, the, the, the alcoholic who is stuck, like how do, how do I show up in their everyday life? You can do that. Last, last little one-liner I always tell people is, is social media digital ministry is not the best way it's not just the best way to reach people around the world. It's the best way to reach people across the street. Mm -hmm. So good. A hundred scene. <laughs> thousand percent. Thank you for that. I, I hope that I really, really hope that the people listening to this listen to it. They don't just swipe by. It's just a podcast they listen to on a jog. Like listen to this because uh, John is not just a talker. He's a doer. He has, I'm sure, testimonies and stories of that 12 year old who hated church, but oh my gosh, they play Fortnite. I'd love to get connected. Uh, and that's, that's real. Dude, can I, can not... I just say that really quick yeah. one? You just, I just feel the Holy spirit on this. You know, the Bible says that, you know, we will overcome by the, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And some of you mm -hmm. maybe just, you, you've been listening. I, I really feel this for someone. You've been listening to so much information, like Josh said about social media and the need for it, that you're, you're missing the, you're missing the point behind it. It's the stories. It's the people. You know, and mm -hmm. there's this kid, Caden, our first summer camp that we had to do digitally. He's, he's in Hawaii. Um, he turned out to be the nephew of one of our campus pastors, raised in a Christian home. He's dealing with anxiety, feeling stuck in his home during the pandemic. Even before the pandemic, he felt stuck in it. And because we did a Fortnite tournament um, uh, in, in July 2020, he got to win in front of a, a, a thing that he's good at in front of thousands of people and be celebrated all around the world and create a mile marker, a stone stacking at the Riverbank Jordan moment in his life that for all of time, he will associate the people of God in church with a positive memory. And now all the way in Hawaii, he, he literally gathers like five of his friends to watch different churches and ministries um, on YouTube and, and, and be about it. So I'm just, I just think that's for somebody forget the statistics for a second and you got to get back into some of the stories. You got to not just pray about mm -hmm. the followers. You, you, you got to pray for the fruit. Sorry, Josh. Mm -hmm. I just felt, I felt, I felt no. what you said Thank was so appropriate. That. It's the testimonies. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, we're, that's why anyone who's listening to this and I'm assuming us too, that's why we got into ministry. We didn't get into ministry for Instagram followers to preach, to, to feel good on a Sunday morning. Cause most time we don't anyways, uh, we got, we got in this because of stories and people, and usually the people we love the most because we want them to experience what we've experienced. So I love that. Right. So last two things, um, John, tell me how we can get connected to you. Maybe this is a youth pastor and it's like, Hey, I want to start this in my church. Like, how do I, how do I get going on the, the gaming side of it? Or maybe some structure stuff. How, how do we reach you? Yeah. So, you know, in general, just, um, you know, make sure to follow all of our elevation youth accounts and, and reach out to mm -hmm. our team. We really do want to help. Um, 
and uh, a, be a resource for you guys and um, um, and all that. But but specifically with gaming, I was getting so many questions uh, about gaming ministry that um, I just I, I I'm like this is not my day job. I have a ministry to take care of here at Elevation, and so right. I got together with a couple of uh, really awesome kingdom investors and people who feel the same way about me, and and we launched a resource called uh, Churches.gg. Um, and it's literally a website devoted on empowering, um, pastors, um, to, uh, utilize video games for ministry and we'll eventually, and we kind of are already are slowly expanding into more digital ministry as a whole, um, you know, mm -hmm. discord, you know, social media consulting, all that stuff. Um, and so I can help with that as well, but, but our, our kind of like staple is going like, let us help you utilize video games to reach kids. You aren't currently reaching empower kids that are already in your ministry. So it's www.churches.gg. Um, you can also, um, this, this really is the year, um, I, I have been dealing with some imposter syndrome and have been fighting some, um, d disobedience to God. Um, and, um, this year I'm really just answering God's call for me to kind of take my own personal approach to social media more seriously and really pray it. So John W. Rush on Instagram, um, I'm going to be rolling out a lot of content to help leaders and, um, I get to preach, um, uh, across the country, um, a bunch of different places this year, um, and mm. even just got invited to speak in Indonesia, uh, which is really, really cool. So God's really, um, I'm just really, really, really thankful to God. And then on TikTok and YouTube, I don't know when this is airing, but like I'm, we're start, I'm starting a a YouTube channel and TikTok uh, called Project W Key. W Key in gaming is the forward button, and mm -hmm. so the the whole idea is going to be full send conversations around the internet's trending. Uh, topics and um, I'm really I'm really doing it to be a divine guide to the internet and so um, I want to I want to take the things that are, people are consuming on the internet and try to give a uh, a Christian and pastoral short review of just like should my kid play Fortnite should my kid look up to Andrew Tate what do I think of XQC um, you know etc 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 so it's a lot a lot going on there Josh but I, I loved I'd love to see you all over there and appreciate the support I think it'll help you Oh, absolutely. And I just want to say a couple things. Number one, thank you so much for being on. I I looked forward to this conversation. I've learned a lot and I've been in the media space for like eight to nine years, I feel like. But uh, just the the powerful testimonies that can come from this and hopefully from this podcast. I hope that whoever's listening to this feels encouraged uh, that you might be the 50 year old guy who's like, I don't know how to do it, but I'm all in. And that's what we need. So I appreciate right. it. And I and I hope that I hope that people will actually reach out because um, the worst thing you can do is become insecure from listening to a John Rush and he's like, well, he's been playing video games since the '90s. He can figure it out. He knows how to do it. It's like, well, listen to him and learn from him, you know. <laughs> so, but my very last question: Give me your yeah. top three current video games that you've been playing for fun, not for anything particular, but fun. And yeah, let's go there. Yeah, I mean, my favorite exact, my favorite one is a game called Rust, which is like Minecraft for adults. Um, not that nice. Minecraft isn't for adults; it's just the way I describe <laughs> it. Meaning, like, yeah. instead of like, like, it's like, it's like, even like, if you don't, if you don't turn off certain settings, like, there's nudity in the game. It's a survival game where you wake up on the beach and you're like literally naked, and your character has to eat and you have to like build and everything like that. It's just fascinating. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think anyone who does a quick YouTube deep dive on Rust would just at least like watching the content. It's, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Other favorite game. Um, I love Warzone. Uh, the new Warzone. Mm -hmm. Warzone 2 is um, really fun. 
Um, outside of that, man, I'm not. I'm, I'm dabbling if I want to play an MMO again, which is like a massive multiplayer online game. This can get pretty uh, addicted, addicting. So those are really the two games I play. But um, I will say that um, everything that's coming out of Riot Games, um, Riot Games mm-hmm. is the future of games. Um, if you don't know what that is, look it up. They are currently making the two top uh, top two um, titles that are out right now and are, are making more games. Oh, and then um, I, w- I probably will dabble into the new Grand Theft Auto whenever it comes out. Yeah. Um, just from like a ministry standpoint, like there's a lot that you can actually do there. So, um, which, which Looks incredible. obviously that, that, that probably just sparked a lot of questions there. Did he just say Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm figuring it out. Okay. I'm just saying it just looks interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm yep. just, uh, I will possibly buy it and play it and we'll figure it out. But do you, are you anti Fortnite? Because have you played Fortnite? Are you like over it? Like you played it for a couple of years and done with it or? No, d- dude, I, um, honestly, like what's so funny is like getting older, having kids. And then even the moment, here's another thing that's tough about, um, you know, the moment a passion becomes a project, it, it you start to lose the passion. And so, it's so funny. I spend so much time working on stuff related to video games that I've watched that sometimes it's not always as much of a refreshing pastime sometimes. So, yep. A hundred percent. And just in general, like I don't have any, like when I was in high school competing, I was playing um, six to 10 hours a day, um, depending mm-hmm. on the day of the week. And I'm, I'm used to being the best at what I do. And so um, I can really only keep up you know, with one title being like really good. And so for me, Call of Duty is kind of like my competitive title. And I just fell behind in Fortnite. I still love the game. Honestly, Fortnite is like probably the, in terms of ministry as well, like the most powerful game to utilize for ministry because you can literally get a hundred people in one round. Like imagine a hundred kids from your community playing in the same digital atmosphere, talking to each other, hearing about your youth ministry, having a shared experience. Fortnite is powerful. It's not going anywhere. I'm just don't like being bad. So I don't play it. <laughs> I watch it though. Yeah. That's that three coming in. Well, thank you so much for being yeah. on man. Seriously. I appreciate it.